The Church of Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle of Madison, Connecticut invites you to join us now for this edition of Shi'ar Jeshub. Hi, this is Patty Scalzo, and today we will be listening to the conclusion of a sermon in my husband's series on heavenly authority, taken from 1 Kings chapter 12. Pastor Greg Scalzo has been teaching on the events that led to the division of Israel into northern Israel and southern Judah at the time of Rehoboam, Solomon's son. We have seen that the Lord has decreed this division because of Solomon's sin of idolatry and how God will use Rehoboam's foolish use of authority to bring it about. When we left off, King Rehoboam rejected the wise advice of the elders and listened to the counsel of the young men when the people of Israel asked him to lighten the heavy burden Solomon's government had placed on them. Rehoboam responds by saying that he would place an even heavier yoke on the people and increase their punishment. Before we rejoin Pastor Greg, remember our church's website for serious Bible study. The address is www.shiarjashub.org. Here is Pastor Greg Scalzo. And then verse 16, we have division. Now when all Israel saw that the king did not listen to them, he's not concerned for them, he doesn't care for them, what type of leader is that? The people answered the king, saying, What share have we in David? We have no inheritance in the son of Jesse. To your tents, O Israel. Now see to your own house, O David. You go your way, we're going our way. You've shown us by your care, by your lack of care, that we're not part of you, so we have no part in you. So Israel departed to their tents. But Rehoboam reigned over the children of Israel who dwelt in the cities of Judah. He still kept his kingship over Judah. Then Rehoboam sent Adoram, Adoram who was in charge of the revenue. Adoram, some places in the Bible his name is Adoniram. Adoram is the gentleman that David had placed in charge of the revenue. 2 Samuel 20, 24. Solomon had appointed him over the labor force. 1 Kings 4, 6, 1 Kings 5, 13 to 14. And he was the one to enforce the labor force. So he's the guy who collects the taxes, and he's the guy who is the overseer over the conscripted labor to do the projects. He's not the fellow to send to the people. He's not the guy they're going to really enjoy receiving. He's the tax collector and the overseer. It shows again the limit of Rehoboam's wisdom. Then King Rehoboam sent Adoram, who was in charge of the revenue. But all Israel stoned him with stones, and he died. Therefore, King Rehoboam mounted his chariot in haste to flee to Jerusalem. Now he gets it. Now he wakes up. He's still thinking, I can go on just the way I was going on. Send out the tax collector. Get more labor. What are they going to do? They rise up. 
They kill the revenue collector, and obviously he's afraid they're going to turn on him, and he flees, he runs back to Jerusalem. The advice of the young men did not serve him well. The Zadorim had been over 30,000 men, three relays of 10,000 men, so they all knew him as the guy that was the overseer. Verse 19, so Israel has been in rebellion against the house of David to this day, to the time of the Babylonian captivity, to the time when these scriptures are being compiled by the prophets. Even to that time, there was this division between north and south. Ten northern tribes separated, resulting in the northern kingdom of Israel with Jeroboam as their king, Judah and Benjamin, the two southern tribes, forming the southern kingdom of Judah under Solomon's son, Rehoboam. The northern kingdom remained for over 200 years and was destroyed and many taken captive to Assyria in 721 B.C. The southern kingdom remained over 300 years and was destroyed and many taken captive by Babylon, by Nebuchadnezzar, around 586 B.C. Verse 20, now it came to pass when all Israel heard that Jeroboam had come back, they sent for him and called him to the congregation and made him king over all Israel. There was none who followed the house of David but the tribe of Judah. So initially, you just have Judah following Rehoboam. Jeroboam is made king in the north. Verse 21, and when Jeroboam came to Jerusalem, he assembled all the house of Judah with the tribe of Benjamin. Now we read about Benjamin. 180,000 chosen men who were warriors to fight against the house of Israel, that he might restore the kingdom to Rehoboam, the son of Solomon. So he comes back, he gets the troops. And if you think about it, northern Israel obviously has the numbers. There are 10 tribes, right? But Rehoboam has all the chosen men of war, all the warriors, all of Solomon's armies. And he's going to march north. And you can imagine when those troops come in contact with that multitude, the bloodshed that would result. But again, we have the prophet and the role of the prophet and the call of the prophet. Verse 22, but the word of God, the word of God came to Shemaiah. Shemaiah the man of God, this is one that's a man of God. Not just a prophet, but a man of God, someone that follows the Lord. The word of God came to Shemaiah, the man of God, saying, 23, Speak to Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, king of Judah, to all the house of Judah and Benjamin, not just the king, and to the rest of the people, saying, verse 24, Thus says Yahweh the Lord, you shall not go up nor fight against your brethren, the children of Israel. Let every man return to his house, for this thing is from me. Therefore they obey the word of the Lord and turn back according to the word of the Lord. Verse 24, the Lord says, Your brethren, the children of Israel, they're still their brothers. They're still their brothers. This thing is from me. I'm allowing it. God says, I'm causing it. 
because of the sin of Solomon. I am breaking the power of his strength. This division is from me, but he doesn't want them killing each other. He doesn't want a bloody civil war. They're still your brethren. Maybe you disagree with a church down the road. Maybe it's right and proper, given some doctrine, given some error, for you to be separate from them. You may not feel comfortable fellowshipping with them. But do not harbor rage and anger against them if they really believe in Jesus, if they really call him Lord. They are your brethren. We see how this separation is God's conditional will. It's not his heart's desire, right? His heart's desire is that Solomon does what's right. They worship the one true God. The people don't go after idolatry. Israel is unified. There is one chosen people. But on condition of sin, on condition of error, he wants this to happen now, that they're divided, that the truth might be found. And we said there's a correlation to that in church history, right? But that does not mean that we should be hateful or angry against brethren in Jesus Christ that might have a slightly different interpretation of one part of the scripture or another, that might have had some doctrine come in that's wrong. Now, I'm not speaking about gross cults that are going off that do not declare Jesus Christ the Son of God, but even there we're not hateful. We pray for them. But especially those that are our brothers and sisters in Christ, even if that church is separate, they're still your brothers. And if that attitude had been in the history of European Christendom, how much less bloodshed there would have been between those who on both sides pray to Jesus Christ. God is allowing the division, but he doesn't want them at war. They're still your brethren. Thus says the Lord. Therefore, they obeyed the word of the Lord and turned back according to the word of the Lord. He did not just speak to Rehoboam. He spoke to all the soldiers, all Judah and Benjamin, and Rehoboam's not going to get his way. The war is stopped before it starts. I guess Rehoboam didn't have as much power and authority as he thought. I guess Solomon didn't have as much intellectual freedom and license as he thought, Israel is divided. There is this separation up to the time of the captivity. And we can only imagine what would have happened had Solomon obeyed his own words in Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 34. A caution to the people of Israel, a caution to every nation today, a caution to the United States of America. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. The Lord used Rehoboam's poor, unfeeling exercise of his authority to bring about the ordained punishment for his father's running after foreign gods. And next time, Lord willing, We'll see how the example of Rehoboam's foolish misuse of authority applies as a caution 
to church leadership and we'll speak about the caution against the heavy yoke. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your scriptures, Father God, that teach us, that edify us, that show us the large and the small, the great plans and the great gift of the gospel of salvation and even the details, Father, of how we should go about day-to-day -day living. We thank you for the wisdom that you have given to men in your word, even men who then turned around and did the very foolish things they knew from your spirit they shouldn't. But Father, you have written it down as an example to us that we should not do the same. Please, Heavenly Father, give wisdom to the leadership of your church throughout this world to learn from your scriptures. If judgment starts with the house of God, how much more does judgment start with the leadership in your church? Father, give wisdom, make them brilliant in the things of your spirit, and not foolish, Lord. Let them listen to wise counsel and not foolish counsel, that your church might be whole, that the bride may be made pure. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you want to rehear the sermon, you can visit our website at www.shiarjashub.org. The website has an archive of Bible study programs, both new and old, with in-depth analysis as well as anointed preaching. You will also find information about our church, including our 10 a.m. Sunday service. And Pastor Greg is regularly adding written messages for the church today. The address again is www.shear-jashub.org. May the Lord bless you as you serve Him.